0: Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you.
1: I'm Kate and I'm Nicole and welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives and energy to move ahead with confidence because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support,
0: and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Kate. Oh, I'm so excited for today's episode. Friends, it's going to be a little different. We have called up our mutual entrepreneurial rock star friend, Natalie Sisson, to chat about a topic that we think you're going to love. It's all about motherhood. (laughs) (laughs) See, the thing is, Natalie was always quite public about her desire to be a suitcase entrepreneur for life, travel, share experiences, and not start a family. Well, here we are several years after her initial business success, and Natalie is not only a mother, but she's in her mid 40s. Now, Nicole, you and I have known Natalie for several years. In fact, almost a decade for me. Yeah, same here. I first met Natalie online about 10 years ago. Oh my goodness, isn't that, I mean, it feels weird Mm -hmm. to say a decade. (laughs) long time. Yeah. So I also met Natalie online, our entrepreneurial paths crossed. I loved her energy. And the fact that she was living that suitcase entrepreneur life had me so obsessed with learning about how I could do the same. I was like, okay, I need to get on the same page as this woman.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, very similar to you. I saw her as someone who was walking the talk. Like she was preaching this life of adventure, location independence, and she was actually living it. Hmm. That led Omar and I to interview her for our first podcast just after she'd published her book, The Suitcase Entrepreneur. But like another facet to Nat that I find super interesting is her ability to reinvent herself. Like she left a corporate career to co-found a tech company. Then she turned to blogging full time and lived a decade, right, as this suitcase entrepreneur in the literal sense. And then she returned to her home in New Zealand to build a personal brand. And now she's a mum. Mm, So impressive. I'm so excited to chat with Natalie today.
0: And friends throughout this episode, we're going to be doing just that we're going to be asking Natalie about her experience transitioning from lifestyle suitcase entrepreneur, and someone who didn't want to start a family to now an entrepreneurial mama. And if you didn't catch our first episode, just a quick reminder, Nicole and I shared our own personal feelings on whether we wanted to start a family, each of us, not me and Nicole, but each of us individually. (laughs) (laughs) If you tuned into that episode, then you know that Nicole and Omar have decided to live full out without kids. Well, myself and John have decided to live full out with kids. Well, we're going to try at least. (laughs) Nicole and I are very excited to share this open convo with you about everything from deciding whether to start a family, what that transition was like for Natalie, shifting priorities and identities as you dive into motherhood, the mama mindset, and so much more. All
1: right, friends, here's our chat with Natalie. Nat, so I thought you and I belonged to the same camp, as in we're the same age, We've led similar lifestyles, we've left jobs and careers to build our businesses, we've traveled the world, we've lived in different places, and from what I knew, we were both very sure of not wanting to be mothers. So the day I saw you announce on social media that you were (laughs) pregnant in your early 40s, I was shocked, frankly. I had so many questions. Was there always a deep-seated desire to become a mama?
2: no and I remember we did jump on a call about this hey no there was no deep-seated desire to become a mama Um, but if I really look back on things I think I've always had a very nurturing I guess disposition and I love to bring friends together and family together and people together and I'm always that person in retreats kind of hugging people and (laughs) making sure they're all good Um, that doesn't necessarily translate to being a mum. But if I also think about it over the years, in addition to my podcast, I was always interviewing my friends about what it was like to have kids. And I I think I just did that because I'm always curious, like you two, but I was always like just trying to basically make sure that my position on not having kids was the right one. (laughs) And and I don't necessarily think I ever got that closure from people because they, they tell you all the hard things, right? But they also told you all these amazing things. And I think if I look back, I was definitely trying to find like something, just go, no, no, don't do it. (laughs) It's a terrible idea. Um, And I never found that. So, yeah, it's interesting because I had always, like you, Nicole, never wanted kids. I like kids, but never wanted them. And then Mm. it was literally a conversation with Josh over a dinner and five minutes and a handshake that led to us going for it, which is hilarious. I'm happy to talk about that. But um, I think the minute I made that switch, it was just like, you just accept it, right? And you're like, Let's go for it. Another adventure, another challenge.
0: So Natalie, do you remember, like, was there a specific... Thing that one of your friends told you about motherhood that you were like, okay, I definitely have to do this because I feel like I've had similar experience where I've been on this like investigative journey to like figure out why I should or should not start a family. Uh, of course, in addition to like the way that I feel about it deep down inside. And I think that, you know, ultimately that's what comes through. But I'm curious if there was like, did somebody say something to you that you were like, oh, okay, yes, I have to do this?
2: Well, there were lots of great conversations, but I think the person who actually did it for me was Josh. And it, I was telling Nicole, it was this simple, beautiful little moment that he shared with me. And he's like, Nat, I just had this beautiful vision this morning that I was out in the woodshed because we live on this big lifestyle property. And he said, "And our, and our little kid came running over to say hi. And I swooped him up in my arms and And I just, as he was saying it, I got all like emotional and I could totally visualize a little boy with curly blonde hair, um, like waddling towards him and just being scooped up in his arms. And there was something about that moment that just was like so beautiful, weird, random, out of context. And we were sitting across at Indian dinner and I said, well, do you want to revisit this conversation about kids? Because I was always a no and Josh was like a 50-50 and he was happy to just... Be a no because it, he wasn't one way or the other, um, despite the fact that both of us come from loving families, close units, really good relationships, and um, and I he's like, well, no, because you don't want kids, and I was like, well, I'm just like revisiting the conversation. I literally was five minutes. He's like, well, we could, we could try. What do you think? And you know, getting older, and etc. And honestly, we just shook hands across the table and went, let's go for it. And he's like, well, Matt, <laughs> you you make very rash, impulsive decisions. Um, so he's like let's sleep on it and I was like all right well I'm not changing my mind like I ha- I don't know what it was Kate. it literally just flipped I think it was just timing I was like is being in business and having this great lifestyle property and a beautiful community of friends all there is to life because it's pretty damn good or is there mm. something more like that we're missing out on by not discovering this and he woke up in the morning and he turned to me and he's like yep I'm still in I was like oh good <laughs> and then I mean we were incredibly fortunate that like a month later We sort of found out we were pregnant. I mean, it all just happened so easily and blissfully that I think it was very much meant to be. And little Leonardo was like, hey, I'm choosing you two, get on with it. Um, But I think had it not been that easy, we probably wouldn't have, you know, given it the shot that we did. Um,
0: Yeah, that's super fast.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really was. So I think that was all meant to be, to be honest. Um, But yeah, I can't can't even tell you, it was just a flick of a switch. And probably built up with all that data that I'd get that over the last three or four or five years, or probably throughout my life of talking to people about what it's like to have a family.
1: Was there any reservations about your age? Yeah, for sure. I
2: mean, I was probably at my fittest and healthiest because I'd done a half Ironman like the year before. um, And I was feeling really good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was just looking at the photos the other day. I don't know how I managed it. But Um, Definitely, there was definite reservations because the minute you start going to see doctors or anything, Mm-hmm. Um, they all tell you that you're a geriatric, <laughs> like you're at that Oh my gosh, like, that word, I swear. <laughs> it is a te- but it's actually a really poorly defined word because it's, it, I can't go into it right now because I can't quite remember the specifics of it, but it's, yeah, I think it's been misused over the years. So I think there was a part of me that also got quite defined about that. Like, well, I'll show you. I'm a super healthy, like, I felt in some ways fitter and healthier than some other people that I'd seen, I guess, throughout my life. Um, never smoked. Sure, I partied and drunk, but I'm just like, I feel like I was in a really good place and I've always felt younger at heart. And I also think there's more and more mums having kids when they're older. And when I was, I think at 37, 38 used to be the age where a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know if I can go past that. And I was like, "Hmm, I feel like these days it's more like 50. And to be fair, I think it's even later. So it's really an internal conversation I think you need to have with yourself. That said, we've been discussing would we want a second? And that is definitely Ooh. feeling a oh little my. more. Um, yeah, I know. It's like, the, it's not a thing that suddenly you have one and you want another, but there's all these things that come up. I think parenthood, once you start on that journey, speaking to Kate and Nicole, <laughs> um, it does, it suddenly gets you thinking about all the other things. Would they want, you know, Do you want another nibbling, as Josh likes to call them? They need that um, beautiful company of each other. They grow and learn from each other. It's less dependence on you. Um, Just suddenly all these things. And then you think about your own family and how, you know, happy or unhappy potentially you were with your siblings. Um, It's just, there's a whole lot that comes out once you actually have one, because it's a constant kind of challenge that you're thinking about in your head. Is this for you? Is it for them?
0: So how old were you when you got pregnant?
2: I was 44, and I gave birth to him when I was 45. Okay. And yeah. he's now? He's almost 10 months.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah. yeah, he's a little cute guy. might make a little appearance later. But, um, no, he's absolutely adorable. And I was just climbing to the top of the steps on this little slide today. I mean, it's just the change and growth that you see, especially in the first, I'd say, probably year, is insane. And you just don't want to miss any of it because it's fascinating.
1: He is adorable.
2: He, he is, every, but every, it helps every, that he's freaking adorable. Not going to lie. And I'm not even biased. Lots of people say he's got this gorgeous <laughs> big smile. He's got these big curious eyes and he's super observant about the world. And he just really engages with people. Not all babies do, but from the minute he's been on this earth, he's just been like people focused. He's a true Leo at heart, I think. He's a Leonardo. He's also born uh, in August. He's a Leo. He's very loves seeing himself on the camera. It's <laughs> <He's> just like <laughs> hilarious.
1: So I want to talk a little bit about that pride because I think that pride comes through when you talk about your child, and you've created so much in your business in your life. Is there a different sense of pride that comes with? A child versus the books that you've written. I mean, you've published real books, you've published courses, you've created so much. Is there a difference?
2: Yeah. And I think you just, I get it now when people say, oh, the kid just becomes, it's it's not that the kid takes over your world or has to become your world because there's still you and your identity and everything you've built. But those books now just seem so long ago and they're not like I only published suck it up princess last year and I'm really proud of all my books and especially the suitcase entrepreneur, which was such a big defining moment for me and I'll be excited to read it to Leo someday in the future. And it's up on the bookshelf in his room actually, because I just didn't shift the bookshelf out. It was my office and it became his room. Um, but there's something pretty awesome about it. it. just doesn't really seem to matter anymore. Like, yes, it'll be a topic of conversation, but I think just, I don't know, there's just something so special about bringing up a little tiny human. That in itself, I think, is a massive achievement. Um, and it, you take on a different identity. And I'm still figuring out what that is. Like I have this speaking gig that I'm going off to on this day of recording, and I found it really interesting to just try and fit this in around Leo time, which is really special and I want to be super present for. And it's like, oh, this is my new norm. Like I have to figure out how to be both professional and and a mum, and a partner, and a lover, and a dog, you know, fur baby owner, it's just like you suddenly find yourself just trying to figure out how do I balance that, Um, and this is the new normal going forward, I can't just ever be how I was, and nor do I want to be, and I think that's the bit that I don't have the answers on yet, but I find really fascinating, so yeah, in answer to your question, I think this does feel like the most important and rewarding thing I've done, Um, but all those things will also still hold a big place in my heart and I'm really proud of doing.
0: I'm super excited to get more into like those identity shifts and everything. But first I'm so curious because I've been considering this a lot, John and I have decided that we're going to try and have kids. And I'm just like the way that you described, (laughs) (laughs) the way that you described, um, kind of that feeling of like. I feel so full in my life right now. I'm incredibly proud and grateful for everything that John and I have accomplished together and everything that I've accomplished on my own. I feel like we've built this beautiful life. We've been able to travel. We have this full lifestyle and financial freedom. And I'm kind of like thinking that there's more. And I think that that more is in us becoming parents and starting a family. But I also think about what that shift is going to be like because I also understand that the moment that you have a child then really I venture to guess the moment you get pregnant like everything changes and I guess I'm I guess I'm just wondering like what that, what that shift is like, like, was it hard? Did you feel that it was easy because there's so much excitement around what you're headed into or like, you're kind of like, I I, I don't want to say shedding your entrepreneurial skin, but like it's different, right? Mm.
2: I have so much to say on that, but first off, I think you're going to be incredible parents. And I really love that Thank you're giving you. yourself the gift of, of trying. Um, because the, the biggest thing that I did hear from a lot of parents before we had Leonardo was, Um, how much they are a reflection of yourself and how much they teach you about the work that you still have to do on yourself. Mm. And I'm definitely finding that like, it's really fascinating. Um, But I digress. I think the really beautiful thing about being an older mum, or a more mature, wise mum, is that I Mm. feel like I've lived my best life. Like I have done all the things I want to do, the speaking gigs, the books, the business, the travel to all those countries. Um, We're in a financially really good place. And I think, is something really neat about being older in that life, being able to come into it because you don't feel like you're giving up anything or missing out on anything because you've done so much of that. So I think there's a real benefit in that. And little one, if they come along into your life will fit in really perfectly and you'll be in a really great place with the space and time and freedom that you've built in your business and financially to be able to just have that quality time with them. Um, But I also think to answer your question, it was really easy for me, surprisingly so, because I wasn't sure. I'm part of a beautiful Facebook group called Business and Babes, and it's mum entrepreneurs. And the conversations are sometimes purely about business and sometimes purely about their kids, right? And um, it's fascinating to see in there. And I asked a question early on. I said, "Can, can you ladies let me know how quickly or not quickly you went back into business once you'd had your little ones because I was just curious and almost all of them said it was like after six months but most of them would have preferred longer and there was only one lady who was like three weeks I'm just it just wasn't me I just wanted to be back into it I missed it I couldn't handle all of this you know baby time so it was I think it depends on you as a person as well secretly deep down Kate I know that you'll be wanting to be there and be really present but it doesn't mean you can't do other stuff and it's just so exciting to witness all those things in that time so I was quite surprised one how much I was looking forward to a break from my business. I've been doing it for 12 years. Um, I I took time off from June, late June, and I had Leo in early August. And that final month was so lovely to just chill. I watched a lot of YouTube videos on kids and I read some books and I was like studying up. And then I was like, I don't know if I want to study up too much more. I just want to experience it. I also just gave myself the joy of resting, napping, and just being like, sort of just mentally preparing. Um, and then I honestly have been really surprised how much I love it uh, and how little I have wanted to go back into business. <laughs> Seriously, I was quite surprised. But I think also that's because I have worked my whole life and I have strived and, and done all these things. I actually was reflecting on it the other day because things are starting to ramp up now with our new business and everything. And I, I feel like I had this little cocoon of around six months of just being of just being fully present and embracing it and enjoying it and and frankly doing not much else and giving myself the grace to do that. And I'm so glad I did because it was so precious. Like it just felt like time slowed and not stopped but slowed and was still very fulfilling and full, but it was just like being, um, which I'm really glad I gave myself that time.
0: There also like had to be moments where you were not like I mean, it, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like, looking back, it's all incredible and amazing, but I'm sure that there were, like, super challenging moments, too, when... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, the first six weeks, which everybody tells you are nuts, you just can't even explain until you're in it. And nobody can... It's like <laughs> a whirlwind, and you're like, what the heck are we doing? You don't know what you're doing. Every cry you're trying to figure out, is it... Happy tired um hungry <laughs> cold warm, um you literally are running on no sleep it's it's crazy, and it's a real test for you and your partner you just have to be really kind to each other at that time and there were moments where i I just remember and I'm really honest about this because I think more people should talk about it i you know, one minute you can just be there and absolutely in love, like almost in tears. And the next minute you're like, I want to throw you away. Like, literally, because <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore and I've had no sleep and I can't go. Um, and I think, you know, those are the realities of it. It is just such an immense and intense time. And thankfully, Leo is a really easy baby on the whole. We've had so few issues or challenges really in the scheme of things. So I'm incredibly thankful for that, even throughout my pregnancy. I think it would have made a huge difference if I'd had a terrible pregnancy and a really tough little baby. Um, but also in the scheme of things, which Josh said to me a lot, he's like, Nat, this is such a tiny little infinitesimal time in our life, like this nine months or this first year in the scheme of our entire life is tiny. So, you know, ride it out, make the best of it, embrace it all. Um, and it has, it, you know, it's definitely, there's been times when you just like lose it or you're angry. And I had a chat to a mum friend yesterday. I was like, yesterday I slammed the door on Leo and said, just go to sleep. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Am I, and I'm not usually like that. And um, she's like, nah, he won't even remember that. And she's like, we every single parent does this. There's no parent who's just like angelic all the time. And it's good for them to know that you have emotions and can see this. But I don't beat myself up much and I don't have much mum guilt because I see that far too much, but I definitely was like, that's just not me. Um, And so just some of those coping mechanisms that I've had to dig deep for recently have been really fascinating to me. And I think so much of it is just less sleep and trying things out. Um, But, it's yeah, it's a really great exercise and lesson for you. And so the more support you and your partner are for each other and the more people you have around you, that whole raising, you know, it takes a village to raise a child is very, very true. Um, And it makes a big difference.
0: I'd imagine that that mindset piece of it is so important. I mean, I practice calling myself back every day in my own life and I don't have kids. Like sometimes I do it with Gus, our dog. I'm just like, you are driving me so crazy right now. And then he like sits and he looks all cute and I give him a treat and he's like all happy. And then I'm like, okay, I love you. (laughs) You're the best thing ever.
2: Yeah. Dogs are a really good, I think, preface to babies because we have our two white German shepherds and I think they were really Good training for a baby. Baby's mm. next level, yeah. but in some ways really similar, right? You still got the responsibilities. You, most of the time they're gorgeous and fluffy and adorable, but sometimes they can just drive you nuts and then they need to go on walks. They need to be fed. They need to be loved. They need to be brushed. They, um, And sometimes right now I feel like I have three little kids wanting my attention because the girls are a little <laughs> bit more at times needy because they want it too. Um, but it's awesome watching Leonardo interact with them. I, I love that you have Gus because I think animals are incredible for young kids. They teach them a lot about love, but also about boundaries. And um, he's just delighted by them and they're really beautiful around him. So I think that's, that's awesome. But I think dogs or cats or any animal is a great um, first foray into parenthood. <laughs>
1: I wonder if as much as dogs are a preface or first foray into having kids, I wonder how much though of your entrepreneurial life and business building experience is also a preparation for motherhood because you've, been someone who's been able to reinvent themselves. Your businesses have pivoted. You, you've started different businesses. There's so much of a sense when I think about you, I think about an adventurous person who's prepared to start new things, go into new, you know, a new chapter in their life and with that is prepared to fail because as business owners, we, we're very much aware that, we're, that we'll fail and we're okay with that. We're okay with picking ourselves up again and, and dusting ourselves off. Has that been, in some ways, a way for you to handle the challenges and the struggles and avoid that mum guilt and all that comes with raising a child?
2: That's a really good point. I don't know if I'd thought about that, but 100%, probably the resilience and strength that I've built up from team sports, triathlons, et cetera, as well as, as you said, building businesses, failing, making mistakes, and learning from it, because I... I guess you view that when you have a kid, you're not meant to have all the answers. You're not meant to be perfect. There is no such thing as perfect. Um, you're helping a little tiny human to survive and then thrive. Um, but mostly you're just trying to help them survive at the beginning. And um, yeah, I think that attitude of one step at a time, continuous improvement, but not in a stressful way, just like, Oh, how can we do this better next time? Mm-hmm. How can we work? You know, how can we outsource things? How can we build better systems? Josh and I have had a lot of those conversations recently about systemizing our life so that it's easier, so we have more quality time. And that's exactly what you do in a business, right? Once you've got it off the ground and you've fed your little baby startup, then it's about how do we grow it and make it more effortless how do we incorporate it into our life more so that it's not taking over it um, what systems do we put in place where do we outsource how can we fine-tune this i don't know that that is probably how we're approaching it with leo but in a very natural way not like a how do we systemize his play um very much <laughs> different and also how do we make him part of our life like we go out to dinner a lot um i always feel like we're the only people out with a baby at dinner time even if it's early um and i just was really clear on that from day one he is going to be part of our life so if we go to cafes if we go on hikes if we go visit people he's just gonna fit in with that and he does and it's been great for him he is so comfortable around so many people he's very comfortable in lots of environments a lot of people can pick him up feed him a bottle play with him and he's not like oh he's like oh you know he's curious (laughs) and excited um and I'm really thrilled for that because I have been around other babies recently who Um, just aren't and they're so connected to one person and that person has now set themselves up with this, this little thing that won't leave. Um, And I've always been about independence and, um, you know, experiencing life on your own terms. So Leo is definitely going to grow up in that environment.
0: That's such a testament to you and Josh though. I mean, that's so intentional on your part. And I think that's incredible. I mean, that would be my hope, um, for John and I with our child that they would be incorporated into our life. And of course things are going to change, but I still want to travel and I still want to do stuff on a whim and, and have all these incredible experiences. And I know that those experiences are going to be so heightened and, um, you know, better for having uh, another little person with us. Um, But I don't know. I also can imagine that, like, I even do this with Gus sometimes. We'll be going to the market on Saturday morning, you know, farmer's market. And I'm like, oh, I want to take Gus with us because, like, I want him to be at the market. There will be other dogs there, and it's beautiful outside, and instead of him sitting in a room by himself. But then I, like, flash forward to, like, him pulling me on the leash and like freaking out when he sees the stand with the treats. And I'm like, "Mm, do I really want to take him? Like, have you had kind of those battles with like, what, what, uh, like, have you given, do you feel like you've given anything up? I guess is, is what I'm really asking.
2: Yeah, for sure. Because you can't just leave a baby at home to sit in your right, room right. while you go out. <laughs> um, so it is a, it is definitely, oh, is this going to be a more pleasant experience or a more, you know, trying one? Um, but I've, I've always had that attitude of not, we're just going to go, you know, Josh is like, oh, it feels like a lot of effort. Maybe we should just stay home. And I was like, it'll be what it will be. And I think that attitude has really helped because the little ones pick up on that right if you're stressed about something or if you're branding about something they definitely pick up on it whereas if we're like well we're just going to give this a try and go down to the local market and you know if it all goes to crap and um there's a scream fest or whatever then you just hot foot it out of there but we actually haven't had that i remember the very first time we wanted to go out to a cafe like i'm not gonna lie the very first time any mum takes their baby on the first outing you're in the car you're like you know i'm a great driver i credit myself with being a very good driver and I was like oh I gotta be really careful and then taking them out of the car like are they gonna cry and then you're at the cafe are they gonna make a scene and then I was like why the heck am I worrying your little baby they're gonna do what they need to do and people are gonna cope and get over it um and the first experience he smiled at my friend and then fell asleep for an hour and just I was just like this is perfect <laughs> this is great so I think it's very much about again your attitude and what you want out of it and just kind of going we're gonna see how this goes um And I have definitely given up some things, like even just the other weekend, I was like, I really want to feel like going to the nursery and pottering around and finding some beautiful trees, but we've got to go home because he's got to get his sleep. Um, But it wasn't a big sacrifice. You know, it was just more like, oh, that would have been nice to go and do. And Josh and I have become very cognizant of, for example, I got a full eight hours sleep last night, which is the first time probably in nine and a half months. I've had two seven hour sleeps, but he gave me that night off. We slept in different rooms. I didn't hear Leo. I didn't even have the dogs in my room. And I was like, oh, amazing, hallelujah. And I feel like a different person. And we're doing that for each other quite a bit. We're giving each other just that space and time to to have those sleeps or to, to go off and do the things that we need to do. And I think that's really important so you can still have that identity we were talking about at the beginning um, and just have your space for that. And I also think one thing – that I'm really proud of us that we do. And I was very intentional from the start is we share a lot of stuff. I do not want Leo to be brought up seeing me being the cook, the clean, all this stuff, because frankly, that's actually not how I've been all my life. We have a cleaner. We have an awesome nanny who comes a couple of times a week. She's lovely. They formed a beautiful bond. Josh and I both cook. We both clean as well. On top of that, we both share bath time and change time and um that's been really important to me that we are both super capable parents um because that's what i want leo to experience and that that helps because again like what i've seen with other parents some people are so like i'm the only one who can sleep with them feed them put them down. it really cripples your life, I think. And I was like, nope, not going to have that. (laughs) He's either going to come everywhere with me, or we're both going to be able to do this. And it's made a huge, huge difference. So yes, we have for sure given stuff up. Yes, we have sacrificed things. But again, I feel like that is just the first kind of year or two. And also, it's up to you whether you want to, um, how much you want to curtail and how much you actually just want to have them experience that too. Like we're going to Fiji next month, um, which is exciting. We've been to Aussie. We we want to go on more travel because, heck, I'm the suitcase entrepreneur I was. And (laughs) and, and it would just be weird if he wasn't traveling. Plus I think traveling is such an amazing education experience for them as well.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I can't even imagine life without travel. And again, like I said before, I just feel like all of those experiences will be like – I don't want to say better, but they they'll be different in in a really I think enriching way.
2: Can I just say on that? I'm really excited to see travel through Leo's eyes as we as we grow because I've you know we've done so much all of us travel, and now I'm excited to go to some of those places with him and see it through his eyes um and experience it in that way, which I think is so cool.
1: Yeah, awesome. I don't know if both of you ever heard the expression that we become our mothers. Yeah. And so what? I wonder... Not
2: true. No, just <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's so interesting from what you're saying that um, how much of your life experience and your, you know, all the different um, facets to your life that you're now able to... Transpose, to bring, it. It. yeah, transpose onto Leo and to, and and to bring into your mothering. I wonder if the way you were raised or the way you know your mum raised you, do you feel like you draw on any of that those experiences, or it's more like because you're a confident person, you've again you you've always been that creator type, nurturing type of person through your business mm-hmm. and through the you know the team sports that you've participated in. Is there anything from your early years that has has influenced your mothering?
2: Yeah, for sure. Like my 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 mum's here right now, looking after little Leo. Um, and we have quite different parenting styles. She's she was an amazing mum. Like she was full time mum, big job, um, and was there for us. You know, back in those days, it was very much you know you stayed in the house, you did those things. She did all the things really well for us. But she's um, so she's an incredible mum and role model, and it's been a real beautiful gift to be able to chat to her a lot more since having Leonardo and say, what was I like at this age? Or can you remember what you were, you know, it's a long time ago, but, um, and just ask her those things. So it's been really beautiful. I think it's brought us even closer and we have more of a bond and she absolutely adores him. But at the same time, one of the things that mum, I always remember from being young was mum was quite risk averse with us. Dad was more the like, you know, adventure, let's get them on the big slide and stuff. And mum was like, ooh. And I think that risk averseness led me to being more, not rebellious. I was never rebellious, but I was like, I want to take the risks. I remember the time I finally was quite scared of like roller coasters. And then I got on it and I was like, oh my gosh, the best thing since sliced bread. So I think maybe as a result of her being a little more protective, I did more of those things that were a little bit more out there, like motocross and crazy, you know, adventures. And I totally see me doing that with Leo. Like, I'm like, whatever you want to do. Whereas Josh is like, he's not going to play rugby for head injury. Don't come him <laughs> into boxing. I was like, you can't start limiting them before they've even got there. Yes, we can guide, but ultimately if he wants to do that, I want to encourage him. So I think if anything, I'm the I mean, we were just in there that ladder thing I was telling you about. It's this cute little slide, three steps, and he literally climbed it in a day. And Mum's like, "He's on the top rung. What are we going to do?" I was like, "Pick him up and pop him on the slide." You know, like I'm not. If he falls over, or he donks his head. I'm babies do that; they do it all the time. And actually, he's been pretty damn good. But he's so steady and so strong. If he was, not I'd be more worried, but I'm not. So maybe some ways he is his mother's daughter. But um, <laughs> no, I'm. It's funny. I think yes in some ways you become your mother but I can strongly see the influence of my dad Um, and I just I want to make sure that he's getting the good bits of both Josh and I but he's probably going to pick up on some of the bad bits and I think that's just that's what makes them who they are and gives them their character
0: Hmm. did I just hear him (laughs) yes correct you probably did Nicole, I'm tempted to ask for your perspective from, you know, I mean, Natalie and I have both talked about like these experiences, chatting to other people, hearing about motherhood from them, um, all kind of like in in a little bit of like investigative way of like, okay, what's this really all like? Um, Did you ever have those? Because our listeners know from us chatting about this in previous episodes that you and Omar have decided to not start a family. Um, Do you feel like you ever had conversations with people in that same vein and, and maybe had heard some things that affirmed that you do not want to
1: start a family? Yeah, I think that it's such a great point because in hearing Nat talk about that experience of once it happens, it's almost like I will never know that feeling because I've made that decision. And I have to be, I've, either have to accept that, be comfortable with that and realize that I will never know what that's like. And, and while I'm okay with that, I suppose having spoken, I've always felt, I don't know if this has happened to you, to you both, but it's always been the dads who've been much more forthcoming about saying, Oh, I wouldn't do it again. And they're a bit more about the, um, here's the reality and I, I don't know I, I haven't been part of mother's groups um I'm just trying to think if I've ever heard. do you feel like
0: naturally that you've had more conversations with guys about this I don't
1: know if that's the case
2: I was just gonna say I find that really interesting because and in, you know that's really good. And I love, I, I actually also had dads being more honest with me. Like I remember one dad saying, mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't do it again if, if I could go back and make the choice. And I really appreciated his bravery in saying that because that's a pretty full on thing to say once you have kids. Right. Um, yeah. But I've also had mum say, look, you know, um, and that, business and babes group they were like I really kind of miss just having the one baby rather the two because although Mm. I wouldn't give them up now it's a whole new ball game um and I really appreciate that bravery and honesty too the thing that I, I guess I was doing it there is from what I've observed over all these years and also especially now is the dads just do not do as much of the parenting um especially in that first year and there's some reasons for that they do not have breasts to breastfeed you know they (laughs) that nurturing instinct kicks in once I mean I think what the body does when you become pregnant and give birth is incredible all the stuff that suddenly happens blew my mind like right the body just gears up and goes for it and and they don't have that biological aspect so I it's curious that a lot of the guys are going because from what I've seen the majority of the work still falls to the mum depending on how you play it um So that's interesting to me. I wonder if some of that is they didn't get as much time with their, you know, their partner, their wife, um, Mm. that a lot of the attention went there. You know, these are all things that are sometimes natural and maybe sometimes go too much the wrong way. I've always been very mindful of Josh and I to have still our time. And we had a few date nights early on and we do things for ourselves. But I'm just curious about that because I'm kind of laughing because unless they were very involved, it feels to me like. What are they basing that on? I'd be curious to ask them that question.
1: Yeah, and I hope yeah. we haven't upset any dads out there. but
2: No, because no, <laughs> there's some amazing dads as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: Because the other <laughs> conversations that I've had that really come to mind are with uh, women who've become mothers and who have that identity struggle when they've been very much in love with a career, an identity that's associated with the work they've done all their life, and then they – become mothers and they're part of these groups. And I think it's really interesting that you're part of a a mums and what was the group called? Business and babes. Business and babes, right. There's this guilt that comes out when they want to say literally openly, I'm really struggling with the fact that now my whole world revolves around my child that I love and There's no regret there, but they struggle to actually, and it's almost like they'll, they'll share that with me. I remember having this conversation in particular with this one woman and she said, and before I could see her going into, you know, what she wanted to really say, she first asked me, do you have kids? And I said, no. It was almost like this relief of like, okay, I was like when you pay, pay a therapist, you're going to, you're going to, you know, I'm paying you to listen to me now. So you're going to listen to me and it's going to be no judgments because you don't have children. <laughs> and, she, and she unleashed this kind of anxiety and guilt and, you know, had found someone in one of her mother's groups who also felt the same way because they kind of felt a little bit, um, isolated from other women who have just completely given up their careers and willingly done that, very proud to have done that, very happy with that decision. But, for example, this lady and her friend who she bonded with, they really struggled with that identity. It was almost like an identity crisis. Like what do I do now? All those years now almost mean nothing because now my identity as a mother has taken precedence over everything else.
2: I love that that they've been sorry I want to jump in. I love that they've been honest on that because I think there are a lot of I've had really good open honest discussions with people and I think you have to follow your heart on that if you if your career if your business is super important to you you don't just let it stop and you and you shouldn't need to for sure there'll be some sacrifice but there's no reason why you you can't still have that identity Um, even if in the first six, nine, 12 months, it's not quite as it was. And, you know, right now I'm really loving our new business that we've started between Josh and I, and it's important that I have that in my life because there is only so much goo goo and garring when they're a little baby and they can't do much apart from poop, eat, sleep, um, that can be incredibly boring for some people. I never felt it was boring because I would go off a nap or I would do something really productive in that time, like, you know, whether it was reading books or working out or working on my biz. And I think that's really healthy to have that. Uh, but I do know of other women who have just completely given it up. And I, I, yeah, that is hard. And so I think there's no one right path. You've just got to follow your own. And there shouldn't be any mum guilt. One thing you'll find out is once you become a parent, A lot of people have opinions. I've always felt really lucky throughout my life. Nobody ever gave me opinions when I wasn't, when I didn't have kids. I'm not married. You know, I've never had those people going, Why aren't you married? Why don't you have kids? Very fortunate. I must have good friends in my life. And even now that I have kids, very little. opinions or advice which I really appreciate but I know of other people who have had the complete opposite of that and for them I really feel for them because I want to be in there to protect them and just say hold up leave them alone let them do their own thing let them figure this out so I think it's very individual and I think more mums should talk about whether they're bored or it's not for them because some mums do have the little ones and then they're like oh my god this is can't do it and I think that is a hundred percent okay um, and you just won't know that until you do it. And that's where a lot of mental health and um, postpartum depression, those things come in and some people don't even know they're going through it. So, again, that's where support is so helpful.
1: Do, do you think you were that you didn't have those opinions really or do you think you were able to shut those out? In some ways, do you think people see you differently now as an entrepreneur and a mum versus when they just saw you as an entrepreneur?
2: Maybe. I, I honestly don't think we got many of those opinions, or maybe I just <laughs> didn't hear them. I'm quite sensitive to what people will say, right? But I just yeah. think people probably think I know what we're doing, or we're, I don't know. I just, if you're confident about something and you've got you're going ahead with it. I think people feel less inclined to want to step in and give you opinions all the time. It's when you're asking for them. And when Mm. you're looking a bit doubtful that people will jump in with their best opinion. And usually it's coming from a really good place, right? But maybe I've just never really given off that aura.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking as I'm listening to this conversation that you just have like this aura about you that is like, this is the life that I've chosen. These are Mm -hmm. the decisions that I'm making on a day-to-day basis. This is how I see my life and how I want my life. And I think that that is so incredibly admirable. Like it, it almost seems as though you found a way to bring all of these different phases of your life together to make it like one big, huge, beautiful, um, probably like a little messy sometimes, but like exactly how you want it. And that's really beautiful.
2: Thanks, Kate. Yeah, I'd say that is probably pretty, pretty true. Thank you for eloquently putting it that way.
1: I was going to say, Kate always has this way of beautifully summarizing. I think you are a very astute person and it wasn't that, oh, you're not, it's not that you're not astute and you're not letting people's opinions in. It's that you've got this intentionality and this um, assuredness about how you want to live your life. I think that's when when I first saw that announcement. Yes, I was shocked and I had so many questions, (laughs) but really my initial reaction was like, I was, I was always proud of you. I was like, you go like, this is awesome. You know, you haven't let And I know in Australia, it's true. It's a little bit more common. I mean, I say Australia because I feel like I've had a lot of, um, you know, friends who become mothers at, you know, an older age. Um, And so I just thought, I just love that you just didn't let that stop you. You made this decision, which I thought was extremely brave. and, And now you're just living another best life, right?
2: Yeah. And you have to have the cuddles. The cuddles and the smiles.
1: Oh, yes. The
0: best. Um, so Natalie, I just, before we close out today, I want to circle back because you mentioned potentially a uh, number two on the way, where are you guys at with that?
2: <laughs> that one's been more of a, um, back and forth on decisions. Cause, um, I'm usually pretty forthright on my decision. And when we made the choice about Leonardo, it was very done and then on this one it was actually josh who slightly convinced me he said you know here are all the reasons why i think it would be great it was very logical though i was like babe this is a very logical decision where's your heart in it do you actually want another one um you know how are you feeling about it is it a hell yes and he's like well no i'm just thinking about his growth and how good it would be for him and i was like what about for us and it is the only one that i've actually waved on a couple of times which is very unlike me just because you know if Leonardo wasn't so perfect and awesome maybe I consider it but it's just that it is a whole new level and it feels funny because we've learned so much we've got these skills now and it feels a bit like a waste if you couldn't then apply those to a second because by all intents and purposes most people that I've interviewed interviewed in quotes um, have said that having another one is actually not yes it's more work but it's not that big a deal because you've been through it you know now and I would be curious to apply that to another one another little human. But at the same time, I'm like, man, one is just easy. There's always, we always outnumber him. Um, (laughs) it's just like, we've gone through a lot of the stuff now. Now he's becoming even cooler as a person. He's become more independent, easier to, um, you know, bring along with us. He'll be able to walk, do all these things. And I'm just curious about putting my energy and attention into one versus it being split, um, and, you know, it's been Josh and I are doing incredibly well, given that we've come through COVID um, and all these other things. But it's it's hard on a relationship. It really is. And we keep talking and and, you know, we're trying to be kinder and more compassionate because you get net 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 because you've got nowhere else to go and you're out of energy or asleep, especially in those first few months. So I think all those things really factor in for me. I'm like, hmm feel like we're getting to a really great point with leo it's getting more and more fun do we want do i want to put my Why body through another belt? pregnancy <laughs> exactly because it's a big i loved being pregnant actually it was beautiful but how do you know the second time is going to be as good how do you know there's going to be no complications all of those questions every parent asks what if there's a health issue what if something goes wrong it's you can't help but be a little bit more attuned to them because you know what you've been through um so we're still, you know, where I think we're in this place of over the next six months, if it happens naturally, great, we'll run with it. But after that, I think I'd be, I'm happy with just where we're at.
1: So Kate, has this reaffirmed your
0: decision? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm just like so excited now. Well, I mean, I was, I was always excited, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually feel like a lot of what you talked about today, Natalie, is like same wavelength. Um, same page and yeah, it, it makes me really happy to know that, you know, there are you and probably thousands of millions of other mothers out there are just, you know, living this full out and, and I'm excited for that. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for sharing so openly today and joining us. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. Do you have a place where people can connect with you if they'd like to further?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm Natalie Sisson all over the socials, but I think um, at Natalie Sisson on Instagram is fun because pretty much all you see right now is me and Leonardo. So if you want to see that, well, but um, I'm about to start sort of pulling more of my own life into it again. I know that sounds odd, but just yeah shaping that so if you want to see the journey and the process of being the full-on intentional entrepreneur to the full-on mum to then figuring out the new business and stuff that would be a great place to connect otherwise natalie um find out more about me and connect i just love that
0: awesome thank you so much thanks nat thank you And friends, as we close out today's chat with Natalie, we hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most.
1: And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app.
0: Until next time.